What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. Today, we're going to be interviewing Pastor Brittany Bowles. And right now, she is a missionary from a church called Gateway Christian Center. Uh, She's been sent out to spread the gospel. And so, Brittany, would you like to do just a quick introduction of who you are and maybe a hobby of yours? Um, My name is Brittany Bolts, and I'm a missionary associate um, through Assemblies of God World Missions to the country of Cote d'Ivoire in Africa. Um, And a hobby of mine, I guess, reading, studying. I like to study, which I know is weird, but it's okay. (laughs) No, that's not weird at all. Well, could you help us understand where you are living in Africa? Sure. So Africa is the continent that I live on, and Cote d'Ivoire, or Ivory Coast, is the country that I live in, and Dalua is the village that I live in, and I'm about six hours north of the coast. The primary language that is spoken there is French. How are you learning how to speak French, or classes, or are you taking anything that allows you to kind of understand the native language in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the um, we are doing class every, we have a class for two hours every weekday. And then two days a week, we have class twice a day. Um, we also go to the market intentionally so that we can use the French that we have learned. We have conversations with people. Um, we go to a local church and have gotten plugged into kids ministry. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we use that French with the kids and the leaders as well. We're constantly listening. Um, our vegetables and fruits have to be bought at the market. So we quickly have learned um, what certain vegetables are and how to hear correctly the numbers, which is a little difficult, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so things like that. We also have a, a family that lives here on campus and they have a six-year-old daughter who um, has become a very close friend. And so she comes <laughs> over a lot and she helps me and she really does help me with, with learning French. It's great. So um, it's just being very intentional with having conversations. It would be very easy to get in a bubble here um, at base camp and just talk with people in English or only talk with people that I know in the States. So we intentionally go out into the community and try to use our French. <laughs> what are some challenges that you face at, a, at the very beginning versus the challenges that you're facing now months into being there? or studying there. Mm -hmm. Um, So is this specifically with French? Yes. The language? I just wanted to make sure. Um, So at the very beginning, it was just all overwhelming. Um, I remember attending church or going into the market or anything and everything that people would say just sounded like a string of letters that meant nothing. And then as I attended classes for a while, I would hear certain words um, that I, that were familiar, but still not very well. And then when it was translated to me, I would think I should have known that. Like I should have figured that part out, you know, and, and so that was really frustrating. Um, now, 
I can definitely tell that there are words. I don't know all of the words, um, but I'm learning the kind of the structure of how they spell certain things or attach certain words to other words or invert the it's it's a lot but i'm starting to learn you know a lot of the grammar and a lot of those things so now the hard part is actually speaking because in french class we do a lot of grammar we do a lot of you know just learning the structure like i was saying but we don't do a lot of conversational. That's why going into the community, this little girl that comes over um, is an awesome tool. We've also asked someone from our church to come over and sit with a few of us and just talk once a week. She just comes over and we just talk. We have her in the house and have snacks and whatever and just kind of build relationship and community and our French vocabulary. (laughs) So you've basically picked up your whole life You've moved to a completely, a new continent, another country across the world. Um, And I think what we all want to know is why. I mean, obviously, missionary, like being called as a missionary is a big why. But why for you, Brittany, and why Africa? Mm -hmm. Um, So short answer is uh, because God told me to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so that's short answer. <laughs> um, longer answer, when I, I plan to share kind of specifics when I come and am able to share with you guys, which I'm so excited about. Um, but uh, the Lord has called me specifically to Africa several times and in several different ways. Um, and my thought process through this I mean, it started when I was 16 and I'm not 16 anymore. And uh, my whole, my whole thought process through all of this has been, if the Lord has called me to pick up my life and move, then he's equipped me to do it. And who am I to say no? Who am I to tell the Lord, you know, no, I'm good because nothing I would do other than this would succeed. It wouldn't be right. So, um, short answer, God told me to, and who am I to say no? (laughs) Wow. When people think of Africa, they usually get this image of desert and dry land where it's hard to find water and there's hunger everywhere. Um, it's a sad picture that's been painted as a means to raise funds for charity and other organizations. But while you were raising funds to move over there, I noticed that you only used laughing kids and incredible views, um, which you'll be seeing right now. Freedom Church would really like to see Africa through your eyes. So could you describe to us how you view where you are in Africa? Yeah, definitely. So yes, there are hungry people and starving children and Mm. there's poverty that surrounds every day. Um, We see loss and death and lack and all of it. But what I see are a determined people Mm. and a strong people with the will to survive and a people that Jesus died for and that God loves. And that's the whole point. You know, um, for example, I sent a picture um, of a sweet baby that um, we saw in the market (laughs) and um, we were buying vegetables for the week and her mom was sitting up against the back, the, you know, gate feeding her. And then um, 
and then she, when she was done, she had to go back to work in the market. And um, the market is an intense, hot, smelly, dusty, dirty, loud place. And um, after she, after the baby ate, the mom set her down on this kind of cement floor and went back to work, which was basically leaving her behind there. And she went to work. She had a wheelbarrow full of secondhand clothes and that's what she did. And she was just in a cell and the baby um, crawled over to the side and picked up this plastic cup that was used and dirty and gross and just started chewing on it and playing with it and whatever. And we all kind of thought, as I'm sure you guys are all thinking right now, Oh, okay, let's not do that. Let's take that and throw it away. (laughs) And that was our initial reaction, but this is their life. This is, you know, how they live. And we can look out and see either poverty or this, and we can think, oh, we need to change that for them, but Mm. we don't need to come and bring them the American dream and bring them what we think they need, the cleanliness and this and that. No, they've lived their life this way for their life, you know, right. what they need is Jesus and hope and eternity. And so that's the point, you know, I, I remember looking out at a beautiful view of a mountain and it was green and lush and all of these things. And then turning and seeing this village that was so in poverty and, you know, has curtains that are ripped up towels and, you know, um, sheets, but this is their life. What they need is Jesus and he'll do the rest. It's my mm-hmm. job to bring them him. I, I, I want to say something, Brie. I know you're going to probably go to the next question, but I, I wanted to say, Britt, that 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 right there, what you said was so phenomenal. Um, the way you're stating that you're looking at poverty and you're you're looking at it as money is not the solution to poverty. Mm. Jesus is. Wow. Yeah. And it, it's that replacement uh, to change the minds of the people. It's like, okay, when, when you become a missionary, uh, you're automatically thinking if we can just bring all of the money that we could possibly have and bring it to these people, money doesn't, money can change their location, but it doesn't change their right. heart. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, and what you're doing and what you just stated right now that you're saying, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, we can bring all the money in the world. We can probably get this little girl that was eating a plastic cup, give her a real toy. But yeah. that doesn't change their 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 perspective and their mindset when it comes to being saved. And so right. that that just hit me like a ton of bricks, thinking to yeah. myself, it, it's Jesus is always the solution. Wow. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. So mm-hmm. Wow. I really think it's cool that you're embracing the cultural differences too. I mean, that sounds Mm -hmm. so American of me to say, but you know, you said it best is we can't come and bring the American dream to people who have been living this way their whole life. Cause I mean, ultimately like the American dream is that we get to be who we want to be. We get to do what we want to do. We choose our careers. Mm -hmm. We choose our colleges. We choose to make our own way. And that technically is the American dream. They're already living it. And that makes so much sense that like we put, you know, our cultural, you know, our Americans culture is supposed to be embracing other cultures. But instead, Mm -hmm. what a lot of people try to do is change other people's Mm -hmm. cultures 
And it's really cool to hear you say that. It impacts me a lot. It's like, wow, I don't want to change anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But thank you for saying that. Well, and it it takes a lot of the pressure off of us. It's not our job to change them. It's not our job to heal them. It's not our job to whatever. It's his job. It's our job to be obedient. To go where he says to go, say what he says to say, and just walk in obedience. Wow, yes. <laughs> this is when an interview turns into a sermon. Yeah. And, and we just gotta we just gotta roll with it. Yeah. As soon as you said as soon as you said we can't change their culture, we can't bring them the American dream, they don't need an American dream, they need Jesus. That was it for me. I was like, okay, you know what? Brittany, Brittany is on, she has her AK straight. Yes. It's so cool because a lot of people, a lot of missionaries, they only get to speak when they're on the platform. And a lot of times it's because they want to share what they're doing, where they're coming from. But they also only share like, like uh, scripture and, and like a sermon for the people. And so uh, that's really what I wanted to do is to be able to share your perspective before mm-hmm. you get on the platform and be able to speak about God and what he's doing. Um, but that's yeah. really, really cool for us to kind of see and be able to be challenged even before we meet you in person to be able to be challenged to be a missionary, even here in America where we are. Yeah. That's, that's Definitely. a concept that even I like, until you said it, I had a hard time with that, that I'm constantly pushing my ideas. Cause I think, well, God told me it. So it's right. It's true. It's above what you think. Mm-hmm. And really mm-hmm. that that's not it at all. And that's, that's incredible. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be right. It may be the right way. It may be the truth. I mean, Jesus is the truth. Right. Not everybody's going to accept it. And that's not on you. Right. That's on them. That's good. And that they're, you know, surrendered to the Lord. Absolutely. What has been the most significant change, not in their heart, because mm-hmm. we know we know that you're, you know, you're 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 out there. You're bringing the word. You're you're putting mm-hmm. yourself in a predicament where uh, so many people in the Bible did the same exact thing, right? Uh, you're you're mm-hmm. like a, a modern day Paul in a sense of saying, okay. I'm going to go to these different places and I'm going to preach the gospel, whether I'm, I'm the same group as them or whether I'm a foreign person, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do that. But sometimes we're so constantly looking at the change that other people will do when we get there, that we never realize that God never starts working inside of us. And he constantly is putting us in predicaments on purpose. It's not only to see the change of other people, but what happens inside of our hearts. So what is the most significant change you've seen within yourself inside of your heart while you've been there? Mm-hmm. Um, I think just a deepening. So, um, you know, of course I want the things of the Lord, but I think an even more a deepening of wanting the things of the Lord and wanting it for the people around me. And I think like the question before, like I can't change them, but I can get on my knees and pray for them. Mm-hmm. And just that relationship with the Lord for me, for or of me, for them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I want 
more for the people around me and not just here, but the body of Christ in general. I want the body of Christ to walk in communion with the Lord. And what can I do to help you get there? You know, it starts with me. It starts with me um, praying and seeking the Lord for myself so that I can minister better to those around me. So I think recognizing that also slowing down to this culture, to Mm. this people around me and the just kind of getting immersed in the culture um, has changed me. Absolutely. Um, Okay. Since you started living there, it's been a process learning French, attending services and going to classes. Has there been an opportunity for ministry or is it more of a time of preparation? Okay, both. Okay. Um, <laughs> there definitely is ministry because our life is a ministry, you know, getting out in the community becomes ministry. Um, this, I am a missionary associate, so I am not a full career appointed missionary. Mm. So as a missionary associate, and I chose this route so that I could learn from other missionaries and kind of be on a less fast paced scale to where all the ministry is like, okay, you're expected to do all of this. No, no, I don't know the language yet. (laughs) How am I going to do that? So um, that's why I chose the missionary associate. So for two years, I'm here learning. And then my goal is to go on from there. So my main goal is learning, learning the language and learning the culture. But Part of learning the language is kind of jumping into ministry, whatever they have here. So we work with One Hope um, once or twice a week. And One Hope writes curriculum or um, writes little booklets to hand out that shares the gospel of Jesus. And we are in a very highly um, populated Muslim community. So when we go, um, we've had the door open to go into schools. So we can go into the schools here, but we cannot say the name of Jesus. We can't say, Jesus loves you and whatever, whatever. But we have these booklets that do say that. So we go in to these schools and we go into each classroom and do a skit. So it's about 15 to 20 classrooms each time. And we do the skit that many times. Um, in the morning or in the afternoon or both. And we hand out one of these booklets to every child, to the teacher, and we leave some for the kids that are absent. And um, since January, so just since the beginning of this year, we've handed out over 5,000 books. Wow. So over 5,000 kids have heard or read the gospel message, not just the kids, but the parents and the family as well. So that's awesome. But then for me, I'm like, okay, well, where's the discipleship come in and how do they learn? Like, you know, they can read a prayer off of here, but what is that? Is that real um, for them? So we were part of a training with one of the local churches and we worked with them for a week or well, really three days. And we taught about why kids ministry is important. Then we taught them the skits and then we started going into the schools. And so since we started this, they've come with us every time. They now can run their own skits and do their own groups. And they've started Bible clubs on Saturdays. So they take these kids that have received the book and they bring them into their home and talk about the book. They have a whole curriculum. They give them these little cards. One Hope um, sends them to us. And so that's an awesome um, ministry that we're able to be a part of. 
Um, we were also part of a Christmas event for 240 orphans. Um, the different churches in the area or in the region mm-hmm. brought all of their orphans. And we were able to give each child an Operation Christmas Child box and a big bag of rice and oil and spaghetti and sauce and all of this and give it to them Uh um, and their church. And I had the privilege of preaching this event and I translated it to French and preached in French (laughs) after like two months of language school, which was so intense, but God is good and faithful and they understood me. (laughs) What was their reaction when you did it in French? Did you do okay? Yes, apparently, because there was a news, um, a a local news, like people crew there. And um, they came up to me and they started talking to me. Now, I've only had classes for two months. And so um, a friend who is from here was sitting next to me and he answered for me. And the guy kind of looked at him and he was like, okay. He translated to me, um, they want to interview you for the news. And I was like, Okay. So we went outside. It was, you know, 240 kids yelling and screaming because they just got their gifts. And so we went outside and he was like, the guy starts talking to me in French. And I was like, what is he saying? (laughs) And so, you know, he, but he kept looking at my friend weird. And finally, my friend was like, she doesn't speak French. Like, I'm going to have to translate this for her. He was like, she just preached in French. Of course she speaks French. She spoke, she was fluent. She spoke, she spoke it fluently. And I was like, no, I don't. I read it off of a paper. I don't know what you're saying. Wow. So apparently it was good enough to think that it was fluent. So, um, and then our pastor's wife was there from here and she was very excited. And she was like, you did so good. I understood everything, which that's the main thing. I, I, you know, I want everyone to understand what I'm saying. Right. Wow, that's so awesome to me. And just as a side note, I know that you had already told me that story, but I really wanted other people to hear it. So that's why I was like, how did they react? So I'm going to cut this part off. I just wanted to explain it to you. I had a feeling that's what you're doing. Okay, good. I was like, she's probably like, you forgot our conversations? No, no. I knew. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so now the time in we're good we'll start again so (laughs) what has been the most memorable ministry experience so far was that the most memorable with the you know reading in french or um was it the you know like the operation christmas that you got to do with the kids um what which which one had been the most memorable so i thought about this question when i saw it um they're all memorable, you know. I mean, I, you know, I love kids. I, the, everything has been memorable. But what stuck out in my head was something that no one else saw. <laughs> um, we have here on base camp, several of us, you know, live here, missionary associates. So we live on like a compound and we have guards for here. We have one guard every every day. And there was a guard here and my roommate and I went down to talk to him one night. Just, um, how are you doing? I don't even remember how it started. Just whatever. We get to practice French and so it's great. (laughs) So we went down and he started sharing with us some things he was struggling with. And he, he knows the Lord, but he has a hard time surrendering completely to the Lord. 
Right. So he was sharing some things with us and she, she was translating for me. She's been here longer. And, um, he, he said, I've never shared this with anybody else. I don't know why I feel comfortable sharing this with you guys. And we were like, well, because it's the time, it's time for right. you to let this go and whatever. And we ministered to him for like over an hour. And then we prayed with him and it was wonderful. And then like a week later, he called it. They, our window is right over here and he'll call up and how are you? And you know, all of that. And so he called to us and we came down and he, he told us about this very intense problem going on with his wife and his wife's family. There's a lot of witchcraft here mm-hmm. and a lot of um, spirits and spirit worship and everything. And um, her family does not know the Lord. And so there was a lot of that going on. And so he called up to us and he said, will you pray? I'm going to call my wife. Will you pray for her? And we're like, absolutely. Yes. And then um, after the Christmas event, someone came here. He helps us with our phones and internet and stuff. And um, they told him just because everyone was so shocked. She preached in French at this event. And, you know, he was, he's younger. So he was joking. She just read it off a paper. It's not that big of a deal. Whatever. (laughs) This guard went at it for like 10 minutes. Yes. You know, all of this stuff. And he stood up for me, you know, in all of this. Yeah. And then recently one of his friends going back to the, we see poverty and sickness, um, one of his friends in his village, um, their son, who was about four passed away mm-hmm. and we don't know why we don't know what happened. He wouldn't eat, couldn't keep anything down and just, it was very sudden and he passed away. And, um, so he came to us and asked us to pray. And then he brought the mother here to be prayed for. Mm-hmm. And, um, often we can get distracted by the stuff, the big stuff, the events and the this and that and it's right. awesome it's so good but there are people in between yeah. those things and he's here he's in between he's here every other day and I can talk to him and so I can minister to him right. so for him to have shared so much with us and then now know and stand up for us well for me but without me saying any I didn't speak the whole time I was like I, you know I don't have to say anything yeah but he now will come to us for prayer and he'll say he said one time i know that you will pray and i know that the lord hears you because i see you i see your relationship with the lord i see the way that you live and so that has probably been the most memorable thing because it's the day-to-day person that i can impact and talk yeah wow that's incredible so you were talking a little bit about you know your goal right now is to study is to learn is to be prepared um but we want to know at freedom church what is your ultimate goal i mean you know that we have tons of goals and and things we want to accomplish but as a missionary even you know before your term ends or even after your term ends right now these two years um what is your ultimate calling what do you believe god has called you to do Mm -hmm. Um, I believe my ultimate goal is to train and equip leaders. Um, I have done kids ministry for years and years and years. It's a children's pastor for eight years. And um, working directly with children is so fun. And I absolutely love it. And kids are the best. 
Um, but the Lord changed my heart several years ago to um, wanting to train and equip the leaders, the, the local church and the leaders on why kids ministry is important, what that looks like and how to teach. Right. So that would be my ultimate goal, no matter where I am, to work with the local church and train them to teach kids. Yeah. Here, a lot of times there'll be a big thriving church or just church, big church, small church, whatever, and there is no kids ministry. Mm. Or there is a kids area where they just go play and that's it they don't teach them anything or they teach them but there is no move of the holy spirit i mean there isn't you know it's just rote memorization and so i my goal is to train the local church and train the church to train the people Mm. and ultimately work myself out of a job to where i'm not needed wow so that i can then go somewhere else to where they don't have that so that it can start all over again. Like France, because now you speak French. <laughs> Absolutely. <See? laughs> and a lot of West Africa speaks French. Wow. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess Africa is like the main Britney thing is Africa. So that makes sense. Never mind. We'll save but France for later. I'll go in. The Lord tells too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that is awesome. And I, I believe that that does it conclude the question part of this interview um so thank you so much for your honesty and your vulnerable heart in all of this um but pastor would like to say something yes um so uh Brittany, i I know that we uh initially had a met when we did the Easter festival last year, uh, which by the way, we're doing it again this year. Uh, but we had, uh, we had you, uh, representing and, and being there just because we knew that you were, uh, about to go to Africa at that point, you still wasn't, uh, um, you wasn't in Africa at that point, but you yeah. were going to Africa. And so, uh, I believe it was Brina or Brooke, one of them, I had mentioned, hey, I have a friend. She's going to Africa. She's going to be a missionary. She's awesome. And so we we got to exchange some words there. And um, I, I've seen you uh, from afar do your thing, right? <laughs> like God has been working through you. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I don't think I could be a missionary. Me personally, I, I just can't. I don't know. I, won't, I wouldn't survive. But um, it's intriguing to me that there is people that are successful and effective in doing ministry work um, that has to do with going outside of their comfort zone, getting to meet people, different cultures, different ethnicities, different foods, different types Mm of, you know, situations and be able to stay planted and still bring God to, to the world. And so recently I was having a business meeting with one of my staff members uh, which you probably know. Uh, and we were having a conversation and the idea was brought to me in this business meeting that if we can give 10% to of, of what we receive um, at, at Freedom Church, 10% can go towards missions at all times. And mm-hmm. when when they told me that news, I looked towards them in the business meeting. I said, that probably is one of the best phenomenal ideas you've ever come up with, right? You know, I'm playing. He has plenty of good ideas. Um, But he said uh, 10% should go to 
missions. And I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to double that. And I'm going to say not only 10% of what we're currently making, 10% of what we make for our whole entire lifetime at Freedom Church will always go towards missions. Whether, whether Mm -hmm. we are generating thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, 10% Mm -hmm. of our income will always go to missionaries and missions. And so the next situation was, okay, well, uh, who are the missionaries that we are going to go ahead and then invest in? And so uh, there was a, a name that was mentioned um, that we we will have them, I think, at the end of the year uh, uh, come through. But uh, immediately I thought about you. And I said, I need you to add Brittany to that to that to that um, list. We, I want to go ahead and invest in Brittany's ministry. I want to invest in her life. I want to invest in everything that she got going because there's uh, very few um, people that you know that they're really for the kingdom. Like they're mm-hmm. not just putting pictures up there to make themselves uh, known or put themselves in perspective where it's all about them. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've seen the little bit of, of who you are and it's inspired me to the point where I'm like, no, we need to invest in her life. We need to make sure that whatever we generate in a, in a month to month basis goes directly to Brittany, where she's able to function, where she's able to um, not have to ask people for funds. And, and what I'm seeing Brittany, and, I, and I'm saying this for the foreseeable future, what I'm seeing is not only are you working currently right now and, and, and working for those two years? But I see you as a, a kind of like a, a mediator when when our church continues to grow and people mm-hmm. are wanting. We have a missionaries uh, outreach team where we're able yeah. to uh, reach the world. We're able to give them that contact and say, we want Brittany to go ahead and train you guys with that mindset. And yeah. I, we want we want you not to only train missionaries and people to train and, and learn how to do kids ministry. We want you to be at peace while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I know we were, I didn't want to wait until March 6th. I said, uh, Brina, mm-hmm. we got to set up an interview. We got to do something. We got to <laughs> let Brittany know before she comes to <laughs> preach at Freedom Church, March 6th. March 6th, y'all. If y'all going to watch this on the playback, <laughs> March 6th, Brittany is going to be here yes. at Freedom Church. But I wanted to make sure that you knew that we're going to invest in your life, in your ministry. Mm-hmm. It is an honor. It's, an, it's a privilege to to make sure that you, you live at peace. And um, it, it's going to be a wonderful ride. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I just know that God is is already providing at an at a exponential mm-hmm great um mm-hmm. and i get i'm glad and i am so excited that you get to be a part of that thank you so much i am so excited i have heard nothing but wonderful things about freedom i know many many people close to my heart attend <laughs> and i'm just so excited for what god is doing i can see a hunger for his his kingdom and his work and it's so exciting to just partner with you guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> Loki, this was the reason why we're doing the interview in the first place was because we said, 
Okay, so we're going to start giving to her on a monthly basis. So now we need to tell the church who we're giving to. We're like, how do we like introduce you? Yeah. And so we really wanted to do this interview so that, you know, our church family can get to know you. Um, but also, I right. mean, who who wouldn't love to hear a person genuinely concerned with the salvation of the world? Um, but just how you're going about it, that's just something that like, we're really proud. It's not because we knew you before. It's we see that um, you're doing this wholeheartedly, that your goals, they're all so pure. And uh, we're just we're proud to be able to stand behind that and say, hey, whatever Brittany needs, we're going to be there for her. Um, I mean, as long as you keep a, a room open for whenever we come over. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> oh, I, mean, I got Four rooms in one thing, one room here. I got you. All right. You hear that, Freedom Church family? I'm just kidding. (laughs) We're going to Africa. No. (laughs) No, but we really wanted to um, be able to have you answer these questions just so people can get to know you, to know who they're supporting and uh, why, you know, the staff at Freedom Church uh, believe in you and why we first and foremost would like to give to you on a monthly basis. Um, so thank you for answering the questions and for bearing with us through all the technical difficulties. Um, thank you for these questions. They are wonderful questions and really made me think and see the hand of the Lord. So that was cool. Well, thank you. We hope to see you soon. It's going to be March 6th. For those of you watching right now, March 6th, Freedom Church Our link is in the bio. You can go to our website at freedomchurchfamily.com and plan your visit there because she will be in person. It's not going to be a live stream. It's not going to be like an online experience. I mean, it is, but it will be in person. You will get to meet Miss Pastor Brittany and uh, even speak with her, but also hear her speak about what God has put on her heart on March 6th. So we will see you then. Absolutely. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.